Welcome to the Freedom Challenge Online with host and director of the Freedom Challenge, Tracy Doherty. Our mission is to do good by helping enslaved women and children, to do more than you ever thought physically possible, and to do it together by connecting women with a heart for a hurting world. We are back with Susan Howard, our Freedom Sister, and we are on our last episode of Persevering in Peru. Yes. And Susan has been sharing with us about her life-changing experience on the trails in 2017. I have loved reminiscing with you and (laughs) just remembering our journey, but also how God shaped you and us through that journey, and then the tidbits of wisdom that you've been able to give us, reminders of what it's like to persevere in our own life as followers of Christ. Yes. So would you mind, Susan, giving us a recap of what the last three sessions have been all about? Absolutely. We've been talking about the importance of perseverance. Scripture talks to us often about our need to persevere to the end, what it is to, to remain steadfast, our hearts and lives connected to Jesus Christ so that we finish well. And so this is an important topic to talk about. And we've been having a journey. I mean, we've had so much fun reminiscing about our journey in Peru, but the reality is, is the things that we've learned and the things that the Lord is speaking to us are so important. And what we've gone over is, first of all, the power of preparation when it comes to persevering and the importance of understanding what's ahead and how we're supposed to navigate the trials in our life. You know, part of our preparation is just really being in the word of God and in the presence of God to daily grow in our hunger of him and knowing of him. And then we talked about the fact that what we measure matters and the things that we measure every day is so significant. Where do I get my identity? What defines me? What do I consider makes me important or successful? And if it is anything other than Jesus Christ in our relationship with him, it has the potential to cause us to be unable to persevere. And I I talked about what we worship matters. And just with that as well, the reality of what I give my energy to, what I get my energy and identity from, those things matter because if it's anything but Jesus Christ, if it goes away tomorrow, then who am I? If I put my value in the things of this world, money or beauty or things or my family, if anything was to happen to any of those things tomorrow, would I be able to actually continue to live a life for Jesus or would I be destroyed? So what we measure matters. What we worship matters. And the reality of what we think about matters and this place of where do I keep my mind every day when it comes to trial? Do I keep my mind set on the reality that God never leaves me or forsakes me? He's the God of the impossible, that nothing is too difficult for him, and that in the reality of whatever circumstance I am in, there is one truth that's always greater, that I serve a God who loves me and who is never not good. 
He's always good. So, so good. That is some rich (laughs) insight. Now, at this point in the story, we are coming to the crescendo, the culmination, the summit of Machu Picchu. We already talked about the day on our last episode, but this is another day in and of itself. So at this point, we have, I don't know, were we on the trail six days by this point? Seven days? I feel like some right around there. Yeah, somewhere between six and eight. I wish I had my journal, but... We had been on a trail doing a lot of difficult things, you know, moving up on trails that brought us past 16,000 feet and high altitudes, crazy weather. And then we hit this very final day. I'm glad that it happened after a shower. It happened after a shower. Do you remember the shower? I took two. Yeah, I might have taken three. We went for context. Um, we we came to a little town, and we also had a good cup of coffee. We Do did. You remember that? I remember. And we came to the little town. We got an opportunity to take a shower and prepare for in the next a hotel day room. in a hotel it room. Was it was amazing. glorious. <laughs> and this was the final to the summit of Machu Picchu, which is seeing the ruins. If you've never looked at Machu Picchu and just the strange historical. Yeah. Strangely spiritual. Str- yeah, and spiritual. <laughs> not on the necessarily um, God channel. Nope, exactly. <laughs> a little bit on the wrong channel. Exactly. But um, it. Just the history of that area is quite remarkable. And then actually being there amongst the ruins. But from there, it's basically stairs. Yes. Stairs and stairs. Thousands. Thousands. Thousands of stairs. I remember the night before and, you know, God bless these wonderful guides who had been with us the whole time. Maybe they were tired. Maybe. But they pulled me aside and let me know that they were quite certain that most of us would never make it to the top. Exactly. I, I I do remember feeling a bit fiery. And I said, I think you need to know that once I tell these women that you don't think they're going to make it, every one of them is going to rise up exactly and be like, oh, we right. will do it. <laughs> Maybe not all of us, but that night at dinner, we, we were just discussing what the realities of the next day would be getting up so early four in the morning I think four or in the morning because we were in the first yep. we were in the first, first track up to the mountain yep. yep exactly so all these memories it was cold it was the last big yes. event and and the thing is is we didn't completely know what it meant and yet we definitely had received a healthy dose of concern from our guys. A healthy dose of concern. <laughs> I, maybe it was good that we didn't know fully. I think, I think so, too. And the fuel to say some of these men don't know that we can make it. I know for me, that's my personality. I'm like, hold on a yes, minute. Yes, me too. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I learned on that day? I think one of, I'm not going to say the most important thing that I learned, because what we've talked about already has been so significantly important, but a really crucial part and something that I pretty much daily navigate with women. And that is what I would say for our capacity to persevere that who we climb with matters. And this was so significantly clear to me that day. If you just think about the whole journey, we've been intense. Every day you wake up, you're aware that I'm about to climb for many hours. 
I'm uncomfortable. I won't sleep comfortably and I'm going to get up and do it again tomorrow. And part of it was the mental game because now we finish the trail, which has been days long, and we get to a hotel. I remember being able to pack that one other outfit that didn't, yes. that had like nice little flats and not my boots. And I could clean my hair with shampoo. Yeah. <laughs> I could sleep in a hotel bed because I do want to yes. remind you the bedding, the bed rolls. We had three oh. different levels. We had yoga mat. Rob Rock is in your back. We had like a half inch. And then we had these little fluffy blingy type ones. <laughs> I don't know if there was some sort of social experiment amongst us to see how we would prefer one another. But I remember I almost got the yoga mat for the second time. And here I am as the director going, I'm not getting the yoga mat again. (laughs) I did my duty on one one night yoga mat. Memo to self. Next time we do a huge climb, which will be Kilimanjaro, one similar to this, we are all getting blingy Blingy mats. mats. We're not doing yoga mats. (laughs) Because we would get to camp and it would be this thing of opening your tent to see what the guides put into your tent. I know you wanted to be nice to him so you you could get a good one. You did. And sometimes you'd pass him and go, yeah. Do I have a nice mat in my tent? <laughs> I was tempted to actually sneak in and trade out, but it, I didn't. It, I didn't. Exactly. It really was this place of integrity. It was <laughs> a place of integrity. So needless to say, the hotel bed was like... It was glorious. Glory. And so I think part of us, when we get comfortable, it can be very difficult to wake up the next day and be ready for something more strenuous. We had gotten a great latte somewhere. It didn't take long for us to go right back into the comforts of our, you know, I think we even did like a little shopping in the little cute town. Totally did. And so here we are, we find ourselves the next morning very, very early and we're headed to Machu Picchu mountain. And so we do take a bus up to the base of the mountain. Everyone does that. And from there, then you're going to climb up the mountain and back down. And then you see the ruins. It was very early. Actually, the sun hasn't even risen yet. And it was actually kind of a magical feeling out there. And on one hand, we've been cautioned, this is going to be hard. So there was this awareness of that. But I think that awareness or that caution planted a seed in the hearts of many of us. And what brought this truly to life for me, this aspect of who we climb with matters, who we let whisper in our ear who we take counsel from, who we speak to and seek out in the middle of our trial. It really matters for our capacity to persevere. So 40 women ascend on this mountain, and not every woman made it to the top and back down. We had thought, well, we've already done hard things, and why do I have to do this last one? I mean, I I made it to this point. And I remember speaking to this woman who I have a tremendous amount of respect for. And this woman was a seasoned climber. I mean, she had done Killy. She had done Everest Base Camp. She had done so many amazing things. And I remember her saying to me, I almost did not climb. Mm. She was in the back of the pack of women. And this was a woman who absolutely had capacity. But what happened in the back is women began to have conversation about pains that they were feeling. And I do not diminish that. I in any way diminish that. There was some real issues that were happening. But I do know that there were some that I've spoken to that did not climb that mountain, that at the end, they couldn't celebrate with us either. And they had a lot of sorrow regarding that. Mm. 
And the factor that kept them was who they were speaking with. Because many in the back began to say, I think it's okay if we don't go. I mean, I'm not feeling great. I'm not... You know, oh, I was, my hip was hurting or my, my ankle was hurting a little bit yesterday. Oh, and one would say, it's okay. You shouldn't push it. Let's not push it. Let's just wait for them to go up and down. Now, I, I, I'm telling you, there's no judgment. Everyone has their journey. Um, but I do know that I spoke with some that had regret and that made me sad. And I recognized in that moment The people that I want to climb with in my life, the people who I want to lock arms with in my life are the ones that won't tell me what I want to hear. They're the ones that know how to summit a mountain, who know what it's like to be there, who know what you're going to feel on the way and to say, absolutely, you can do that. Absolutely, we can do this together. And I'm right beside you. It says in Proverbs 13, verse 20, that he who walks with wise men will be wise but the companion of fools will suffer harm. This, this is telling us who I let whisper in my ear in the middle of trial is significantly important for my capacity to perse- persevere that trial and actually grow in my connectedness to Jesus and his kingdom. And the fact is, is that when we, there is something in, in our flesh that loves to commiserate. And actually, I think a lot of women, when they feel compassion, they feel like it's actually what their friend needs. Yes, I get it. I, I understand. We, you should be angry. You should be revengeful. You should be offended. And I, there is a place to hear and have compassion. But we as sisters need to begin to say, I understand that you're hurting. Let me stand beside you and help you stay in the kingdom of God. I love you too much to leave you in your offendedness. I love you too much to leave you in your rage. I love you too much to leave you in your doubt. I want to be the friend that helps you to walk greater into the kingdom of God. It says in Proverbs 27, 6, Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but deceitful are the kisses of an enemy. We want to surround ourselves with the people who know, who have experienced, who have had a testimony of summiting the mountain and can say, it's amazing up there. Let me help you get there. Yes, that's so good. Mm. I'm just thinking about how easy it was for all of these recently empowered women to have a moment of comfort and yes. then desire it so much that they would um, just have this sense of let's let's just go this easier route. I've been there. I 100%. remember on this climb having just this little you're almost there. Do you really need to get to the top? And that day I had been walking with Connie Holoff, which is a dear friend Amazing. and another Freedom Sister. I remember we were just side by side, just kept it quietly encouraging each other, quietly encouraging each other. And when we finally did get to the summit, we truly held hands and walked across. I needed Connie yes. with me. Yes. 
at my pace and she needed me to say, we're going to do it. We can do it. That's right. Not giving in to this absolute thirst. I remember thirsting to stop. Like I just, it's steep. It's, I'm looking over the edges and there's drops. It's scary. It's foggy. Yes. Every person who comes by is making me mad. I think you're lying to me. Exactly. What's wrong with you? Don't one person tell Why me. Why would there? I ever choose to do this? Exactly. Why are we doing this anyways? Oh, we're doing it for the voiceless. You know, trying to exactly. mentally get myself back. But Connie in that moment was such a, a gift. We were a gift to each other. She helped you stay rooted. She in, helped me stay rooted. And who you were. Yeah. And well, the purpose you're there yep. and your capacity to do hard things. To do hard things. And if there would have been a moment that she or I would have said, you know what? We got it. This it's is a, enough. It's okay. You've done so good, yep. which you had. Yes. And it, it's not about God being mad or, you know, it's it's about the sense of there was more in me. Yes. There was more that God could have done through my life or there was an extra step. And I, I don't want to look back and say, I wish I would have done that trial and not, I wish I would have given myself more to the Lord and not lived and served my offense or served my, so good. you know, fear. I lived that whole trial in my fear. I wish I wouldn't have. I, I have learned in my life to, to purposefully seek voices that remind me of who Jesus is mm. and who I am in him. When I talk about who do you let whisper in your ear, I'm not just talking about people, though that's very crucial because God mm. calls us to community. He wants us to arm ourselves, connect ourselves with people who will remind us of the word of God, remind us of our identity in God, and remind us of the greatness of God through trial. And will spur us on. It says, encourage one another daily. <laughs> and then it says in the scripture, spur one another on to love and good works. It's saying, cause one another to refocus, cause one another to remember in the middle of our trial that this is what we're here for, to glorify God and to do things enabled by his spirit that we cannot do otherwise. Another place that we need to be cautious of is what are we dwelling on? Because music, television, what we read, what we ingest, all of that is speaking to our hearts and writing a story. Because they're close. They have our ear. Yeah. I believe that we're being mentored pretty consistently in our lives. I think it's time we take notice of what is doing that. So I'm going to let the word of God be what mentors my life. The voice of God and women that I respect mentor my life. It says in 2 Timothy that all scripture is breathed out by God and is profitable for teaching. And he equips us through his word, it says, for every good work. We need to let the word be what's guiding, what's whispering in our ear when we become confused, when we look at trial and we become afraid. It's so important because the enemy of our soul will always be trying to whisper in our ear. And we must know the word of God so we can say, just like Jesus did when tempted, it is written, what you're saying to me is a lie. I know the word of God. And this is why our daily practice 
of ingesting and being mentored by the Word of God is so important for our perseverance. Yes, and amen. (laughs) You know, one of the most powerful stories to me in the scripture about the power of our circumstance to erode our faith is a story about John the Baptist. And it's found in Matthew 11. And it says, after Jesus had finished instructing his 12 disciples, he went on from there to teach and preach in the nearby towns. Meanwhile, John heard in prison about the works of Christ, and he sent two of his disciples to ask Jesus, are you the one who was to come, or should we look for someone else? Jesus replied, go back and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, the good news is being preached to the poor. Blessed is the one who does not fall away or is not offended on account of me. And why I consider this such a powerful story is because here we see John the Baptist in the in the word it says, I mean, Jesus referred to him as the greatest as mm-hmm. far as a prophet that was coming. And we see John encounters the Lamb of God. He has a revelation before he baptizes Jesus himself. He has a revelation. This is the Lamb of God who came to take away the sins of the world. You know, in Jesus' first sermon, one of the first things he says is, I've come to set the prisoners free. And here's John the Baptist, whose mm. whole life yes. was about preparing the way for Jesus. Yep. His circumstance began to erode his understanding of Jesus. This is a man who encountered him in the flesh, a revelation of Christ. And he said, are you the one actually, or am I waiting for another? Because Jesus says, I've come to set captives free, come to set the prisoners free. Here's John the Baptist in prison. How many of us have ever been confused like that? Yep. And he sends his disciples to say, are you the one or are we waiting for someone else? And what Jesus did was so beautiful. He didn't have an intellectual conversation. He didn't send them back to do anything except to speak directly to John's heart. And he said, instead of seeing what isn't, instead of your eyes focused on the trouble, let let me remind you what is happening that's beautiful. And then he said, blessed is him who is not offended because of me, that your circumstance doesn't turn your heart to this place of offense with God. Like, how dare you allow me to go through such trial? Are you here? Are you even good? Did you ever care? And this isn't a place of judgment or condemnation or shame from Jesus. It's an invitation back into truth. Don't let the enemy write this story. Blessed is he who's not offended. Turn your eyes to what is good that is happening. Yeah. Back to even what you said Last time we were together about God is God is good and God is love. That's right. And he was reminding him of that. That's right. You can even hear the emotion in the scripture, Jesus, probably with longing. I wish I could tell you, don't be offended by me. You're That's not right. going to be able to connect all the dots of these circumstances right. or this suffering. That's right. I just don't want you to get that root of feeling separated from my love. We have to look at that. And and I always say to myself, like I've told you before, when I look at the scripture and say, if God is merciful, and he is, he is filled with love and he is good, then how would I read this scripture? You know, in, in this journey, we must be cautious 
at what whispers in our ear. We have to be women of the word that can discern the lies of the enemy, the lies of this world. We must be women that arm ourselves with the right teaching and mentoring. We must be women that surround ourselves with friends who are willing to say the hard things, to challenge us, to keep our eyes fixed upon Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. There's so much mystery in times of of suffering and and misunderstanding, and and we become vulnerable in that mystery because we don't have the answers, and we have to trust God's heart. Yeah. You know, when I spoke with one particular friend after, and I remember her saying, I wish I could celebrate with you because she didn't take the climb to the top and to the bottom. She never saw the view. Do you remember how that felt when (sighs) everyone was at the top? There is really not a whole lot of... We did. We wept. we, We just literally could not believe that we did it. Yeah. We wept. We prayed. I have we a fantastic prayed. picture of little tears popping down faces. That's right. It was... and, and there was a profound merging mm-hmm. of this sense of empowerment and humility yes. all at one point. Yeah. I am so proud of myself merging with, thank you, Jesus. And that was hard. That was really hard. And you, you, you helped me. Yes. And I think it's what he wants us all to experience in our yeah. lives, in our trials and all of that. And then just coming down, coming down, down, down. You're down, looking down, off, down, 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 down. You're down. looking up the sides. <laughs> then we became that. You're almost there. How, I did. I how, did guard myself. How quickly the table turned. You're exactly. almost there. I'll never forget when we got down to the ruins. I don't know if you remember this. We all just sort of laid down on the yes. grass yeah. and just closed our eyes with that deep bone tired again That's of right. humility and, and empowerment and God's empowerment. That's right. And I remember taking a picture of everyone's boots as we laid like in a line. And um, when I got home, my husband, Wayman, he's like, well, beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Mm. And um, it just was this sense of beautiful reverence and gratitude to the Lord. That's right. Yeah. So we culminate our time together with so many nuggets of truth. We're we're thinking about, you know, the preparation piece. We're thinking about how we think about how we think Mm -hmm. about what we worship, what we measure, who we climb with. These are like a parable of life, a narrative that we can stand on and Ultimately, we know that what we did was for others. Our, our motto right. is our challenge, their freedom. their freedom. So for the women of the world, right. you know, one of the things I love about Freedom Challenge, too, is the physicality of it. Yes, me too. When we think about women that are oppressed or enslaved, women and children both, what's removed from them is their physical power. Yes. And the abuse comes to them physically and mentally, obviously, emotionally, and all of those things. But When we get to choose to do things like this on behalf of our brothers and sisters to say, I have freedom to say yes, Yes. to to engage physically in the very thing that someone has no choice to say yes or no. And then that becomes freedom for us, but then freedom for others. What a beautiful dual piece 
of what Freedom Challenge is. That's exactly right. Before we wrap up these four sessions together, what would you want to leave with your fellow Freedom Sisters? My prayer is that your your heart would have a deep sense of understanding that you were actually created to persevere. Hmm. You were created to navigate and traverse life's pain and difficulty through the power of God's Spirit. And if I pray of, of anything that you would experience this call of Jesus into deeper places of relationship with him, that you would invite him to give you more hunger and a more stirring of desire for him and his kingdom, because you were created to do hard things. We were created to persevere to the end and receive the promises of life that he's given us. Thank you. Thank you, friend. If you're listening and you enjoyed listening to Susan Howard, she, as I said before, is an international speaker and an author. Her and her husband co-founded Love Defined, and you will be able to look in the show notes and be able to see how to get a hold of her, how to access the materials that she has created alongside her husband. Love you so much. Love you, friend. And until next time, Freedom Sisters, God bless you. Thanks for listening to the Freedom Challenge Online, brought to you by the Freedom Challenge, a ministry of Operation Mobilization USA. For more information about what we do and how you can partner with us, check out our website, thefreedomchallenge.com. And you can follow us on Instagram at the FCUSA.